Welcome everybody to Cruising with the Rejects. It, are, it is our, I think our second episode of the podcast, if I'm not mistaken here, everybody. We're kind of back real quick, but I can't do the cruising alone. I'm cruising with the old man, RJ. Say what's up to the Pete's old man. Yo, Rejects, how's it going? Old man back in town. <laughs> I'm here with Tony the Kid. We're driving around. <laughs> Alright, it sounds like we're a Dr. Seuss now, we're arriving and stuff. Okay, I'm, I'm down with that, that's good, that's good. Alright man, so it's been a long time coming, we've been doing the radio show, of course, on 216 and Next, so don't forget to stop on by there as well, live every Sunday, 9pm, you guys tune in there. But, you know, some other things we gotta discuss that may not be able to fit on the show. Oh man, am I right? Mm-hmm. There's a shitload of things we never we never bring up and it's because there's just so much stuff to kind of go over. And we have to yeah. separate the show from doing partly sports and then mainly a t- couple topics. So let's talk about it. But there's so much you know been happening with a bunch of the media stuff. First things first, let's dive into it. DC and WB changes. All right. So far, like you just stated, friggin' Michael, Michael Keaton. Freaking Keaton. Michael freaking Keaton. Maybe basically out the door before he even gets his foot back in the door. You know what I mean? Like, this whole change of command, I feel like it's in flux. The problem is that he comes back, you know, he loved the Flash um, story mode, you know, storytelling and all that. He loved what he read. Yeah. The problem is the actor who plays Flash, you've seen it so many times already, we've played it so many times all over the our show. Ezra Miller has messed up to the point where it's like they had to rehaul the whole thing and yep. rebuild everything. Yep. The other thing is that the Batman that exited that made Michael Keaton come back is coming back now. <laughs> That's correct. Ben uh, Affleck coming back, man. That's my Batfleck, man. I mean, we've been, we both been agreed in the sense that they need to have a good storyline with him as Batman and Helm a good series, Helm uh, HBO Max series, especially mm-hmm. if you want to start off a good platform. And not give so much Batman on the movie screen time frame and give it to the rest of the DC Legends. You know, give Batman a series on there and let him go. Ben Affleck would be perfect. Let him produce, let him direct, as well as, you know, portray and cast as that guy. Give me the fight coordinator for uh, Batman versus Superman. Okay. The guy who coordinated that fight scene in the warehouse. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. That would be, that's the exact way I want Batman to fight. Yeah, I agree. That would be the perfect way to like put him in there. It's very, it's very hand, hand motion alike, and it's like your good training in a sense of for a good TV series. You know that that was a good set scene that I think they they could just keep moving forward with all that part. So you're right, I like that part. Another thing I do believe they could do with Michael Keaton. We've said it so many times. This would be perfect for Michael Keaton to uh-huh. have him become the Batman Beyond. Batman. There you go. Yes. He's retired. He's old. He's like, I'm tired of this shit. Yes. Next thing you know, Terry McGinnis walks into his life. There you go. His son, in a sense. Because if I'm not mistaken, we watched this series a lot of times. Right? I think it was not even the Batman Beyond series. No, Justice League Unlimited. There you go. But that episode was pretty badass. Yes, it was. That it was. And Miranda Waller was in that shit, the wall. And she was the one that kind of helmed the whole the whole series. Like she understood it. Yeah, I mean, I get I get where they're coming from, and I think watching the series and watching knowing DC Comics and stuff, and knowing what we know of it, it's like you kind of already knew there was always a history between Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne or Batman, Flash, in a sense. And they've always had this 
strategic type of combativeness with each other. You know, her going Suicide Squad, him saying that's not a good idea, but also maybe utilizing it for sometimes for certain missions, whatever the case may be. So they've always been in that cross here with each other. And the mutual respect of knowing that the world always needs a Batman. And especially the Bruce Wayne type of Batman moving forward. And they gave him, you know, some traits, but they also let him be himself. Let him grow into his personality. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I get you. In, in that way, in that way, yeah, you became Batman, but it's your choice. If you don't want to, then you don't have to. But uh, you have a feeling for it. Like, if you look at it, even if you play off the fact that, you know, they had somebody hired to try to kill the father and mother, just like how what happened with Bruce. Yep. But the person who did it, she was a love interest to Bruce Wayne, and she's like, I can't do that to this kid, you know? Yeah. If you look what Bruce Wayne went through, right. he's traumatized for life. Facts. And it's like, and still, even though that shit happened, Terry McGinnis's dad dies. Yeah. He's murdered. Yeah, you're right. So McGinnis puts on the suit. Yeah. It's like, no matter what, fate had it that there will always be a Batman. Correct, Mundo. So that would be good. I think that would be a good time frame for Michael Keaton to kind of step in. And at that, if now, we don't know if that Lynn guy is going to really be, you know, it's been said that he's going to be the new Kevin Feige of DC. And he's had some type of history of wanting to do some something with the DC Comics and especially with, you know, humming this type of platform. And maybe this would be good. Maybe. Maybe he's a comic book fanatic like us. And maybe he loves the, the, the whole setup to where he's going to, you know, revamp things and kind of start fresh. and But still keep what was good before. But now let's change it up and let's make it upbeat and let's keep moving forward with them. You know what I mean? The thing that separates them from the last <coughs> jackasses that took over back in the day <laughs> is that Lynn is the guy that brought you the It movies. Yes. The Godzilla movies. Correct. And the Lego movies. Yes. Lego Batman. Lego Batman. He was especially involved in that one. And you know what he did in Lego Batman? He went and had them hire freaking... Uh, Billy D. Williams uh-huh. to play Two Face the way he was supposed to play Two Face after Batman Returns. Right. So it's like he has that history, that love history for it. Yeah. And it's re- it's good respect to what he's going to be doing next. I just feel like this will be. I think this will be a good time to utilize the futuristic side of the DC Comics with Batman, Batman Beyond, and using maybe futuristic type of legends in that sense and evolve them like the Blue Beetle. You could definitely, now that you're going to come out with a movie, why not utilize the futuristic Blue Beetle and be partnered with him? Batman Beyond. Right. And then, you know, the multiverse, in a sense, is feel like everyone's starting to kind of really do their own little thing with the multiverse, right? So now with this, with DC, this would be perfect time frame to have a futuristic DC legend, but also have our current modern-day DC legends, and then all of a sudden, boom, cross paths in the multiverse, and then Batman versus... Exactly. Batman on Batman... Maybe Superboy on Superman or something like that or whatever case it be. That'd be crazy if like if that was to happen at Clash. Yeah. Bruce Wayne and this Batman, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton <laughs> and Ben Affleck would have to be the ones that had to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And watching them team up and with now Michael Keaton being the old one, he can't go out and fight. That's true. To imagine him monitoring Ben Affleck out there <laughs> with Batman Beyond. That'd be dope. That'll, That'll be, be a badass. I would thing. love to. I would love it. And it'll be it'll be a good change of pace. A different way to kind of put, 
you know, DC in front of... Here's the thing. The competition between DC and Marvel, we have to kind of... They have to get their minds out there. Yeah, it's really not. Just come up with good good product in order for the DC fans to be happy and get behind you. You know what I mean? Just come up with a good, decent product. You you had a good setup with the Batman. You know, everyone's had their little critique on it. All right? But it still was. It's still good. success. It yeah. still was success. The Joker was still success. But the idea of having solo movies like that can only be... It can only be done, I guess, once in a while. I feel like you do too much of it. You're gonna end up losing us. Well, that's the problem with uh, what happened is because the guys that were in charge were the original jackasses of Warner Bros. Yep. And like they were just tossing them. everything. They were like, we want to cash out on Joker, we yeah. want Harley, we want it's more same, Joker and more Harley. It's the same thing was going on with Sony and Spider Man. Like they just yeah. want to cash out on that. I mean that I mean don't get me wrong, that's the only thing that they have uh, you know in, entitled of to do be able to do things. So it's like for them, but, what can we do with it? But there's so many different ways to go with that. You could have gone with uh, freaking. You could have cut the Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We said it before, but right. Andrew Garfield does nothing with them at all. Yeah. He's like, I'm out of this bit. I'm out. Right. It's like I'm sorry, MCU. He, he did man. a freaking James Wood. It's like walked in, <laughs> saw Sony. I said it before. He's like, oh fuck this. Yep. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Just turned his back and said, I'm but, out. Go. You can't tell me you wouldn't like to have seen Miles Morales be Sony Spider-Man. The uh, next Spider-Man. Yeah, or, and Tom uh, Holland could have introduced him. There you go. Yes. Yes, indeed. And so now you have Miles Morales Spider-Man movies or a series. Correct. By Sony. Right. And now you had Tom Holland. Yes. And while you wait for Tom Holland to come back to the screen, you can have Miles Morales on the screen. There you go. It's like... like why, why do the animated series of Miles Morales and people already, like you did the anime series, everyone loved it. Okay, boom. Idea. Make a freaking live action movie. Or it gets up there. Everybody knows who he is. You <clears throat> gotta introduce him in a movie. Correct. That's what ruined the Justice League. Yeah. Yep. What ruined them is that you brought in, okay, you bring in Batman, yeah. Wonder Woman, and Superman all yep. into one film. The Trinity. Yep. And as you're doing that in that same movie, you're like, oh, but this guy exists. You know, here's a, a video image of Aquaman. And here's yeah. a video image of uh, of The Flash. Right, right. So now, we're just going to bump them all together into one uh, team, and that's it. Bruce it, Wayne's going to look for them. There you go. Right, exactly. That doesn't make no sense. And there are so many wrongs within I that mean, film. Let's be honest. I think it, this also, too, like, if you didn't want to do the whole solo film movies for each individual main character, like, you know, Marvel did, and you wanted to jumpstart and went into a whole just Justice League itself, and then afterwards do solo movies, because let's be let, let's put it this way. If they would have done that and they would have been they would have put them all together in one shot, first movie all together. And then afterwards, then do solo films, and then come back with another, you know, Unity film. It's like that would have been fine too. But the format you should have done was the same way they did the the Justice League animated series. Yeah. Everyone came in because there was a martial threat, a uh, 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 alien threat. Here comes Martian Manhunter to unite everybody. For them themselves, they unite and stuff like that to let them know that there are aliens around the world. Yes, Superman isn't the only alien that's alive and stuff like that, but there are more. So we're going to come together, help you guys out, and we'll defeat this thing or whatever. That would mean more sense instead of starting off with Batman and Superman. Thank you. You could have started off with uh, Justice League, you know. Yes. Man of Steel. Right. Then jumped into Justice League. Correct. The Mundo. Done exactly like you said, you know. Everybody appears. Yes. 
because they they need to be there. Exactly. And then you could do your solo films afterwards mm -hmm. and give the backstory, like backtrack it, which everyone loves. Everyone loves to now watch a movie and then all of a sudden they give us a backstory of what happened in the past and then the flash, you know, well, like a flashback type of thing. While you're doing that, you're building out the, uh, the Legion of Doom. There we go. And then each, each movie gives us a villain. So when part two comes around, that's when they face their all villains because they team up themselves and they make a unity. And each individual movie will then give us a, a end credit because now everyone loves end credits. A little bit of that set of them teaming up. Someone Lex you know Luthor meets Lex Luthor meets Cheetah. Yeah, or something like that. You know, I like that. I like that. It would have been different end credits that build up this Legion of Doom. It would have been. I would like Lex Luthor to be the one that walks around going to people, but not Luthor. You know what it have been? His uh, taxi cab driver. Who that? She's a girl, like a blonde girl in the TV Oh, series. short hair? Yeah. Yeah, like short bob hair? Yeah. It was yeah. in a movie in yeah. Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, blew her up. I'm like, if they would have took her life. And then utilized her for that? She would have been that? the one walking with a freaking folder with cash in it. Yeah. Saying in the folder, it just says, we need to talk. iPad. Grab an iPad. Grab an iPad. Carry it around. Be like, here's a transaction. Here's the automatic deposit. There yep. you guys go. You know. And there, but there's her, more like, if you want to come back. the Joker with fear. <clears throat> Yeah. And like a shitload of people right behind her, like... Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, they would have had just nothing but guns just pull out while she's like... And he'd be like, whoa, whoa, what's the big, you know, what's the... What's so much protection for? What's all this? For little old me? You know what I mean? No. Like something like that? Yeah, like the flamboyant. That's what's messing yes. about Joker, is flamboyant style. Like yes. the, He would have turned around like... Oh, a party invitation, eh? <laughs> so it's something like that would just give us excitement. You know, I just kind of bring lyricists in a little bit. Yeah. So that's a good that's a good way to set up. I'm telling you, man, DC, reach out to your homeboys right over here, man. We got you. We got y'all. We can set this up real nice. Real nice. Same thing with now, you know, you got Blue Beetle. That's why I got pissed off when you canceled Batgirl because yeah. you got Blue Beetle, the movie. Yep. You could have done a Nightwing movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Then a Nightwing, you could have had bad girls show up in there and right. team up with them. Yeah. And I then, had two members of the Teen Titans. You got Blue Beetle, another member. Right. And then Beast Boy shows up in a movie with fucking probably Aqualad or Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. And little by little, you start building up Titans. the Titans. Yes. And then the movie had to be either Starfire versus the invasion of her like family. Or, or or Raven, right? Exactly. Yeah. Two big stories and two main two main families that they can go have to team up to go against. And I think at that point, you also could sit there and play into with the, with the rest of the D, the Justice League and say, well, where were those guys? Well, guess what? There's Batman monitoring and noticing and saying, hey, don't worry about it, guys. We we thought we were gonna need to step in, but it looks like my son got it. <laughs> it's like an Alfred's there to take over, you know. Yes. Now you have Alfred from Ben Affleck's Alfred. Yep. Uh, watching over this team too, so Jeremy Irons could be around Nightwing and Batgirl. Yeah. That's why I'm like, man, if they would have done something like that, it would have made more sense. It would have, it would have built the fandom the way we wanted it yeah, to be built. Correct. That is correct. That is true. All right, let's let's dive on it. I feel like we got in a lot of DC and fix some good stuff. But pray, come on, man, we gotta bring a pray into this, okay? Because Hulu brought out this movie. It was a fantastic movie. I watched it. You as hell watched it. We oh, love yeah. the freaking. We love where it's going. It played homage to one and two, so it's like as if it's it, it's in it's in sequence with one and two, but also 
if we remember Predators itself, that that one that came out later on, I think in 2012 or something like that, it was a Predators versus two different races, and that played homage to the first film as well too, in that sense. So can you know, this is where I wanted to kind of get into with something like that, two style of Predators coming in to hunt, different you know perspective of it, but also on I guess the training method, the, how to become like. This one didn't have a bunch of gadgets. It did, but they weren't as advanced as what we were used to seeing, right? Apparently, from what the director said is that he is advanced, but he didn't want to be advanced against the people he was going against. Oh. He wanted to be an even fight. Gotcha. To see if he'll see if he'll succeed. Yes. Gotcha. Because apparently, for a predator to take on the prey, you want they had to be even matched. Okay. Gotcha. So he like already did his study. You would say. Against the predator, against the tribal, the tribes itself, and it was that their utensils and their, I guess, utility wasn't as advanced as his in that sense, but also too and damaging too much, yes. right? So for him, would be like, I don't need all this armor, I don't need all this, these extra gadgets. He and showed stuff. up nearly without any armor on. That, yeah, not any. Oh, oh, just a helmet, his his wristlets, his wristbands and stuff, and what, what, shin shin guards? Yeah. That's it. You know he what I mean? Shut up, looking like a soccer player. Yeah, and this guy demolished that whole, the whole tribe, the whole like clan of the, the not the hunters, but they were not butchers either, but they were basically gathering the fur and stuff. Yeah, they were uh, <coughs> hunters. In a sense, yeah, they're yeah. all the hunters, right? The colonists. There you go. And then they basically got involved in this. They crossed paths with this because what the old the Indian girl and the main actress and. You know, freaking man, that fight scene was dope. I'm just saying, that fight yeah. scene was nice. Well she, done. She got him at the end too. Oh my god, the she way she did, she was smart, man. She yeah. was really smart, ahead of her time, and I knew for a fact that that little flower had to play a big part because they were really focusing on that in the beginning of it, and then right when it was time for her to fight it, she knew, man, this is gonna stop my heart, slow my death, slow it down a little bit, make my body nice and cold, at least my blood. So that way, be good to go. And there she was studying as she was trying to escape from old dude at times. The brother, it was a sad thing that the brother passed away. I mean, that dude was pretty dope too. He was manhandling the predator on his own. On his own. He was giving him the works. And then all of a sudden, he got to go camouflage. And then he's all like, son of like coward. Come on, man. Take me out one on one. Exactly. But I mean, that that this setup for Hulu, Hulu original especially, uh... It's a good pace of what to come next. I think we're getting an alien series, of course, but also to possibly a part two of Prey. I think they should move forward with this, definitely. This is a good setup, a good startup, and to keep moving forward for number two, where do you think they should end up for number two? I Okay, there's different scenarios. I've heard about the fans. I've read, I read fan comments. I've read uh, different things about on the internet itself, how the fans want I'll pray to either continue with the tribe. Okay. Because of what was left in part, you know, at the end that has a connection with part two and I know it. Right. You gotta watch it. Yes. But, you know, you'll, you'll know, you'll get what we're yeah, talking about. If you watch part two about. and if you guys watch Predator and stuff like that and you were like, eh, maybe not, definitely watch it. It gives a homage and it te- it's a good setup. Trust me. And it's like, how did <clears> they get that back? There you go. Exactly. Oh, actually, they never lost it. So how did they get their hands on it? Yeah, that is true. Because it belonged to one of the colonists. It didn't belong to the predator. Yeah. 
Nobody got a, if you realize it, it's the first, second Predator movie and nobody gets a trophy. When Arnold kicked the Predator's ass, he didn't get a trophy. Oh, no, he did not. No, he, he did not. Out, he, blew. No, he got the chopper. Yeah, he got the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, you're right. Exactly, you are correct on and that part. He didn't now, get that. And now this girl, she didn't get a trophy from him, but shit, she took a trophy from the people that were trying to kill her people. Exactly. She's like, yes. I'm taking this. Here you yeah. go, daddy. There Take you go. that with you. Right, so how did that come in? How did that become in their possession in order for them to give that trophy to uh, what's his face? To uh, well, Danny, Danny Glover's Glover. character, you're right. So, yeah, that is so true, right there. So, so true. And the other thing is, they're asking for the actor who played Scorpion to take on the Predator. Okay. I like that in like a probably like a ninja or samurai versus Predator scenario. Yeah. That would be pretty badass. Yeah, I agree. So then, so the samurai portion of it, I think we reached our destination, everybody. But we're gonna finish this topic at hand. So the samurai port of things, I think that would be a good mixture in to the next because remember that also plays in, plays in I think with the predators too. Like when not predators number two, but the predators when they were fa facing tribe against tribe and the smaller ones versus the bigger ones, they had a shitload of samurai swords. Yeah. So it's like. Oh, if you're going to play, if those are involved in the timeline, then where do they come from? But, I mean, obviously, they paid attention to that set of error. So, it's like that has to get some type of, you know, attention to. And with a movie that gives us Predators versus Samurais, man, come on, man. Tell me yeah, that won't be a lot of slicing the dicing. And not just that. Samurais and ninjas back in the day, they had, you know, they had their way of also camouflaging themselves. That is true. So this true. would be an interesting way to see like how these two face each other off. Correct. Um, one, like you said, how you know if the predators do end up like if the predator faces a samurai, right? Does he study him and learn from those like swords and all that stuff? And it's like, oh, we got to take this from you guys. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that we learn from predators that he's adapted from all the people that they face. Yeah, that is true. So there has to be a way they're monitoring all of this. Yeah, I agree. As it goes down. Right, I agree. And it's going to be interesting to say the least. But that's a good story to kind of for them to kind of dive into. And it gives us a different vibe. Especially now you want to start fresh and different from what was done before. This kind of helps with that. Definitely yep. does. Um, the other thing is, too, before we end up leaving everybody, AEW, guys, we got to talk about wrestling. Just real quick. Just, you know, just because. Just like little, what's going on. Yeah, because, I mean, come on. WWE is some, someone on the rise again. It's fun again. It's exciting because of what's been going on with Vince leaving and Triple H helming everything. And then bringing back certain wrestlers that they were the favorites. And it's like, all right, boom. But what we're also noticing is that AEW... It's starting to seem like the end of what was WCW doing. Not being, you know, pr like productively timing things correctly. Because I feel like what I saw when it was CM Punk versus John Moxley felt like Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg Monday Night Nitro. Actually, it was more like <clears throat> Hulk Hogan versus Kevin Ash okay. at a pay-per-view. Okay. Where freaking Hogan walks in, and Nash is like the bad guy, right? Uh huh. And oh, oh actually, Nash is a good guy. Yeah. Fucking Hogan just pokes him. Yeah. Nash falls to the floor, and Hogan pins him, and everybody's like, "Oh." Mm -hmm. But of course, it's like a mixture of both. Only because you felt like a John Moxley versus freaking CM Punk should have been a freaking main event on a pay per view. Your money maker, your cash cow. And they 
they moved it toward this show because CM Punk is not cleared yet. That that could be. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because if you look at it, Punk didn't want to <clears throat> do much. He nope. just went in, did his little kick, yep. got taken out, yep. got pinned, and he got carried to the back. That yep. means that this man, Tony Khan, is bringing Kenny Omega and CM Punk back early than they should. Yeah, yep, yep. Than they need to. But I mm-hmm. feel like he's doing an emergency. He feels like he's scrambling. Like he's so. But there have been a lot of reports that's on the backstage end of things that he's not running it the way it was starting off with. And it feels like that everybody is starting to feel the pressure coming from him. Like he feels. They, they feel. You know why? That because he's feel pressurized. I think he's now. Like you said, he's pressurized. And I believe the reason why he's pressurized is because. You were the top thing that people were talking about for well, a while. Right, right exactly. For Everyone the last three was years. coming to your show. Like Correct. you had that uh, freaking gift. Yeah. Of Cody Rhodes with his hand <clears> over <throat> his ear. Like yep. anytime anybody left their day, it's like, oh, here he comes. He's right. coming to AEW. Right. Now it's like you got all these old WWE stars and WCW stars yeah. and ECW stars on your card. Right. And instead of booking them correctly and putting like the people here and there, yeah, you were relaxed. Yeah, you were creating factions like crazy because you didn't care. You were like, "I'm just going to create factions. This faction against that faction." That is true. Because Vince McMahon wasn't doing nothing. You're like, "It's the same old crap." Yeah, one on one, no factions, no fun, no back and forth, no evil versus good in the sense. It's just. A lot of a lot of soap opera stuff. And then in AEW, you just had people doing a lot of spots and stuff everywhere. No story, nothing. They didn't care. They were there was there for wrestling. Yeah. And it was exciting because we were like, finally, shows that just give us some wrestling. But yeah. we also want to get that storyline. You know what I mean? That storytelling. That you want somebody to follow. Yeah. You don't yep. have that in AEW. Nope. That's Fair why enough. the minute Triple H came back in, mm-hmm. you're following the Tribal Chief. Uh-huh. But now you're looking at Kevin Owens. Yeah. Yes, you are. Who's back to being Kevin Owens from NXT, Kevin Owens. Drew McIntyre. Drew he's McIntyre. On, he has a voice on the again. again. Yes. Freaking uh, the women's division is exploding one more time. You AJ got, Styles. For some odd reason, Styles. he's starting to get tension again. Yeah. So what happened here is Tony Khan uh, probably being on the drugs that he's on, probably. Uh, he's <laughs> awesome. looking at this, and he's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And you forget you are the owner of a company. He's watching the product. He Correct. said to himself, he's like, man, they're bringing all these people back. It's looking amazing. Yeah. And it's like, you got a show to run, dude. Exactly. Why are you watching? Why? Yeah. I mean, it's good to watch your competition because you also want, not necessarily get ideas, but you also want to feel like as if the pressure you know what I mean? Without good pressure, nothing good can come out of something. That no. pressure needs to be there, but you also got to be smart on how you move and strategic. And the attention needs to give to your staff. And especially right now, where you are in the company, give the wrestlers that you know are putting in the work. Like MJ, MJF, right? Yeah. That dude needs to get paid if he's not paid. And if he's taking just vacation time because of all, you know, what his, a lot of the work that he brought in the beginning, then that's good for him. He's getting good vacation. So now he can helm AEW. He has the voice. He has the wrestling skills. You know, he had good storytelling with him and Jericho and it's like, boom, give, let him run the reins. That's your guy between MJF, CM, uh, John Moxley, CM Punk could be there challenging stuff or whatever. And then be good Brian with it. Danielson. Fucking Orange Cassidy would be another one you want yeah. to bring up. Yeah. 
what's it called? So it's like that's the good part of things, the storytelling, the the knowing who to give the right reins to. But you also, it just feels like he he has an idea of entertainment, but he needs someone there to help with the storytelling. First, of I things. would uh, tell Tony Khan delete the factions. <laughs> at least, at least a good chunk of them. You know, give us a good four four Five. factions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you want to have somebody versus somebody. and then Tag you'll... teams. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Leave it like that. Team. Like, cut your factions into tag teams. Right. Now, those guys that you might want to cut off of the factions, you add them into the other title pictures, like the yep. mid-card pictures. There you go. This way, you're building <clears throat> up your organization again with exactly. stories and rivalries. Yes. That's the most important thing is you need to tell a story in your ring, but right. you need a rivalry that makes people come back again. Right. And you want to give the also the attention to the, the, the crowd and sit there and say, why is this why is this match important? What's yeah. the story behind this match or why they have so much hatred or you know, what's the rivalry that's coming into place and stuff like that. So that's what's always been a good intricate in in wrestling. Having those type of storylines. Especially if we look back in the past between Ric Flair and you know, Ricky the Steamboat. They have an out. They had an outside thing of you know match telling against each other and stuff like that. But also when they got in the ring, good choreography in a sense, and then good match telling, and you you felt it inside. Same thing with the Von Ericks. They had things going outside within the, the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you have some involvement, but you also have that that piece of telling a story, but also putting it in the ring and giving that entertainment and part. Stop trying to do what you did recently where it was like okay you have John Moxley against CM Punk yep. on Friday mm-hmm. next Friday you got Moxley against CM Punk again you yep. know instead of doing that keep these two separated from each other until the pay-per-view or and then involve them with tag teams because yeah. you remember in the past like Stone oh, Cold yeah. could never get his hands on Shawn Michaels one-on-one in, inside inside Monday Night Raw or anything like that he had to be in a tag team with somebody on at Survivor Series or whatever case it be against DX or whatever case it be and then all of a sudden you see them one-on-one they go boom 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 but then all of a, it was quickly switched over out. to a, exactly so it's like things like that. And Stone Cold wouldn't get the win on Sean. He would get the win on one of Sean's partners. Exactly. Like one of the, the what's it called, minions. In a sense. Like what yeah. what, what was it? They all right. lost because at that time with Billy Gunn and Road Dog. So you yeah, got a pin off of that. Or Billy Gunn. Right. So it or Stunner China. Yeah, Stunner China. <laughs> and it made sense because you're waiting for what's going to happen with these two fighting exactly. fights. Exactly. That's what you got to do, Tony Khan. Yes. Give us that what's going to happen when they finally fight each other at the pay-per-view. Correct, the Mundo. I mean, you had seen a puck team up with Sting and What's-His-Face at one point, so let them cross paths again and let them, you know, have a nice little tag team and stuff like that against each other, especially you and Moxley, so that way when they see you guys face-to-face, it's like, oh, what's going to happen? But then all of a sudden, it's really interrupted by somebody else. Yeah. So now the the urge of wanting to see that match is going to be brewing up, and then once it happens... Man. And have that match happen at the freaking pay-per-views. Thank you. Build Tell it, it right. Because then if you build it up with low fights here and there, yes. then you could do a video package at the pay-per-view yes. for that match. Correct. Exactly. And it'll be fa- that's good business. But AEW, please don't don't lose momentum. Uh, Tony Khan, please do a quick turnaround because I, I just it's a good thing to have a different entity of wrestling on the mainstream to help with to help with the tension in a sense of it's like it's like nw like nba nfl type of thing good good franchises 
good attention getters during different time frames. Boxing and MMA. Exactly. So boxing and MMA. So it's yeah. like good combative, type, like one off with each other. But just be smart about your moves. Get somebody really knows wrestling in in the storytelling perspective, like your own type of style of Triple H. Or even if you want to trust in Chris Jericho about that. You know what I mean? Like now he's gonna be looking into things like that. He's always been smart of things. So raise his you know responsibilities yeah. a little bit more. And Jericho's the, the one that created uh, Money in the Bank. So come on, man. Like yeah, put it in there. Put I'm it down in there. for it. I love that deal because you had to get a wrestler's input. Yeah, uh, a and legendary wrestler, especially who's passionate about the business. Yeah, and not more about the money aspect of things, like what Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan turned out to be in WCW, yeah. but more about the business of the storytelling. Kind of like how Dusty Rhodes was when WCW. Yeah, there before you go. they let him go. Right, exactly. So things like that. Otherwise, I think that's all we got, old man RJ. Yep. We can hit it up back again later on, right? Oh, yeah. We can always jump on the road and give another <laughs> chat with uh, Tony Kidd and probably bring the other two rejects on yeah. once in a while. Yeah. We need a full-on reject on the car one it, day. Rejects in the, rejects in the uh, cruising Coming, with the rejects. Cruising with the rejects. You got all, it. All four of us. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Well, this be Tony the Kid signing off, everybody. Totally appreciate you guys for stopping on by. Don't forget, like I said, follow us every Sunday at 216 at 9 p.m. We do our live show there on the radio. Thank you guys for your love and support. You guys can definitely catch us here on Spotify as well as YouTube and uh, all Apple pla- Apple platforms and other you know listening platforms too as well, everybody. So thank you all for tuning in. Oh, man, sign us out, man. I right, Keep it old school.